All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, we're joined for episode two with our buddy, Alec. Tyler, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? We're back again. Like Tim said, we're going to do episode two with the rookies. This week, we're touching about the running backs. Let's jump into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Wire. It's the Wire. D. Griffin. This the wire, serving up a hot take Around the league, serving gems like a hot plate Who's the flex, first pick, rounds four to eight Trading with the base, that's Superman, we need a cake This that fantasy, see who get the glory Who's gonna stay up in they lane talking Tory Who's gonna ride up on the train where the hype at Yeah, you wanna start them, but matches, you might not like that Three tutties next week, man, he's double covered Takes on a hundred, coming out the oven Tim and Todd, they the guys, know you gotta love them Take your pick, do it quick, they on fire The Wire Alright, Alex, welcome back, man Hey guys, thanks for having me, what's going on? Not much, buddy, how you doing? Doing good. Actually, just drove out to the Gulf Coast this morning. I saw a dolphin today. That's pretty exciting for 2020. That is awesome. Um, that's about it. That, for me. No, that's, that's, that's big. That's actually really big. I saw one. Yeah, for 2020, that's that's all we got, right? Like, I saw a dolphin. Yeah, that's great. I mean, on a normal year, that should be a highlight. I mean, like randomly, like, I don't know. but Yeah. For 2020, it's a highlight. I don't care if it's 2020, 2010, 2004, 2085. If I randomly am out and I see a dolphin, I'm going to be stoked. Tyler, it wasn't crossing the street. (laughs) No, but still, (laughs) how many times do you go to the beach and randomly see a dolphin? I I live in Massachusetts. Exactly. So I would be stoked. Yeah, the guy I was talking to, I mean, I wasn't really talking to him. He was on a boat. And I was like, hey, a dolphin. (laughs) <laughs> he's like yeah this is every day <laughs> pretty much yeah oh that sucks so question for you guys what what do you guys think of the opt-outs that have been happening uh we're up to like 55 players um is it that many yeah well it's eight on the Patriots. Right now. Ooh, devin asiasi right devin asiasi season with the with well, we're looking at delaney yeah. walker yeah, I saw that too. We're looking at Delaney Walker. That's kind of interesting. Um, but it, what a Patriots player, right? Delaney Walker, like older, total yeah. great scheme fit there. I don't know if there even is a scheme at this point. We lost everybody pretty much at this point. But it's, it's I mean, I guess that we saw it coming. We knew this was going to happen. There was going to be some kind of effect from COVID. So it, it is what it is. The league's going to suck this year all around. We're going to lose a lot of players, I think. Um, but part of life. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Marquise Goodwin um, opted out for Jalen Rager. I don't know if you guys saw that. So I did Tim, see that. Get your get your Jalen Rager picks in there. Uh, yeah. Get, get him on your what, roster everywhere. Yeah, and you know what you do with that? You sell it because I still don't believe in him. Wow. You might not, but he's going to get all the opportunity. Alshon's out. Goodwin. I think we could have our podcast about why Jalen Rager's great. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was supposed to be like that last year. I mean, it's just, I don't have too much. I didn't Before he was even drafted, I wasn't too high on him. But, uh, 
we'll digress with Jalen Rager. Uh, let's hop into the running back. Um, and so we want to get the annoying one out of the way first? Yeah, can we all just agree that we're sick of talking about Clyde Edwards-Flair? Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, I, I was saying before this to, to Tyler, like, um, I'm done with Edward Tolaire. We know, we know he was hand selected by Patrick Mahomes. We we all saw the draft. We, we all saw the reports. He's gonna get all the work with Damian Williams opting out. We know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only interesting piece I have on him is it's very easy to compare him to Maurice Jones Drew. Really, same height, same size. Not a not a burner. He only ran a four six forty. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad comp, right? Like, size-wise, he's right there. So, uh, I like it. That's good. I think yeah, did but, he catch the ball better than MJD though? Uh, I'm I don't I don't know. Coming out of college, I didn't look up MJD's uh, stats in college, but I mean, he he was an all-purpose. MJD stat could though, him. right? Like, yeah, yeah. I like so, it. We're all done with him now. We can we don't have to talk about him until <laughs> well. Well, I think we're gonna talk a little bit him? on him. Yeah, I mean, like, the important question is, like, where are you drafting him? He's going mid-first round in most, like, drafts at the moment with all the hype. So, like, wh- who who are you skipping out on and taking Hilaire over? Nobody. And let's just, let's just say running back. And nobody could be the right answer. Like, Has any rookie running back ever gone in the first round of a redraft? I don't Barkley? think so. Barkley, I think, did a few years ago. He went in my home league. Um, uh, I think he went, like, end of the first. But I might give you Barkley. I might give you Barkley, but I, I honestly wouldn't touch him that anywhere in the first round. I don't care who's there. Not touch him. Second round, even that might be a stretch for me in redraft. What about so Kenyon Drake? We were kind of talking about him earlier beforehand, but like would you take Kenyon Drake or Hilaire? I would take Drake. I would take Hilaire. Yeah, see, that's where it gets interesting. Thing. I would take Drake. I believe in the workload. Uh, but I think that's kind of the cutoff is that end of first round. Like, you know, the, do you the, believe in the talent? We, that's what we defer is that you think Drake's a first round talent. I think he's a third round talent. You're yeah, not getting Drake in the was, third. In 2018, according to Fantasy Pros, he was drafted second at, at running back. Who? Saquon. Oh, Saquon. Okay. You, we, we were just talking about Drake. You jumped on me. Yeah, sorry. I was looking it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, all right. So, what about you know Joe Mixon? We taken in a PPR Mixon or Joe Hilaire? Mix Joe Mixon. Same. Yeah, that's like, not even a question. Yeah, but there's so many drafts where Hilaire is just going like above, stupid. above both of those guys, right? Because he could come in and he could still be in a timeshare, and it. We're assuming that it was Williams, but it could have been anybody at this point. There's been convers- Everyone on Twitter wants Devontae Freeman there, so it's like. Anything can happen at this point, and it still could be one of those the Darrell Williams that was there or whoever else. And Darwin Thompson. Yeah, this they've got. Yeah, a, I mean those guys. Spencer Ware is going to show up again somewhere. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I think I still think Kalea is going to get the workload, but it's going to take him time. Like with no preseason games, we don't know what he's going to look like either, right? Like everyone's just assuming that he's going to be Hunt, and odds are that probably won't happen yeah he's tough i'm not taking him in the first round i i, I think that's kind of the you know end of it for me where he's being drafted i'm taking jacobs i'm taking drake i'm taking chubb i'm taking miles sanders i'm taking mixon um the only player i might 
you know, the cutoff line for me might be Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. Those guys I'm not firm believers in, so I might take Hilaire over both of those guys, but... I would probably um, take Jones over him still. Yeah, and it's just like Jones and Eckler, they're almost like the same tier, right? Like, they're the same type of player. They're, you know, I'd say Jones is more efficient in the red zone than, than Eckler. Um, but yeah, like, for me, that's where the cutoff is. I don't know if you guys have a cutoff for him. Yeah, I, I just I, I have a tough time trusting running backs, especially in the second round of a in a redraft league. But he's in a he's in an obvious spot where it's going to be the volumes there, the productions there. I mean, I compared him to Maurice Jones Drew. A lot of other people are going to compare him to um, Brian Westbrook and mm. you know things like that, and especially with Andy Reid, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the Westbrook in college. The issue he had was he didn't seem strong enough to push the pile inside the goal line. Was what a lot of people were saying, you know, and and he didn't break that many tackles in college. I mean, I think he was in like the the fifty sixth ranked running back in broken tackles in college last year. So it was was it more space and scheme? Well, the only thing that I can say towards him is that. He's going from an offense that was blowing up off the face of the earth and going right back into that same situation. So he's still going to get those lanes. He's still going to get the open field. That's, yeah, and Mahomes is going to open up anything for him, even if it's a dump off. You know, you're, you're not going to be playing cover one that often against Chiefs. So a no. lot of the underneath stuff still going to be open. Yeah, I, I think he's going to fall exactly into the same situation he was in in college, and he's going to reap the benefits from it. Right. And that's on the flip side, sense. though. His upside's like un, unlimited, right? Like he could easily be, you know, a top three running back in the league, and we could all sit here and, you know, we could look at we could, we could revisit this podcast a year from now and be like, damn, I wish I had Hilaire on every single one of my teams. Oh, yeah, just because that's, of, that's, just why, that's why the upside is there, and he's going in the second round because he very there. There's no argument for me that he has the ability to be a top three back right now this year, in my opinion. But the thing is, is I mean, it's. I just have a hard time trusting a rookie with my first pick in a, a redraft league. Yeah, I, I would, I would never do it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, Even I'm, I'm very high but Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, his rookie year finished second in points in PPR leagues. Like he, right behind Todd Gurley, and he was a rookie. So you know, Saquon's a, a different recent, animal, though. He is. He definitely is. That's more Jonathan Taylor range, if you ask me. But whoa! Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, let's hop into Jonathan Taylor. Great transitions, guys. Great transitions. I like. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I bring as a guest to the podcast. So he he's interesting for me. Um, he's a bigger back. He's five ten, two twenty six, but he ran a four three nine forty, which is, I believe, faster than any other guy we have on this list. Uh-huh. It is. Yeah, he's, he's the fastest running through. back out of all of them that we're going to talk today, and he's the second heaviest mm-hmm. uh, behind uh, AJ Dillon. So a four three nine forty. He was productive in college. My thing is, he rushed. He had nine hundred and twenty six carries in college. Yep, for almost seven lot. yards a carry. <laughs> That's a lot of miles on a running back, especially at a position where. You know, it's it, you break down quicker than most other positions. 
my big concern with him is well, I've got a few to be honest with you. He he's great. There's no arguing that. Holds all kinds of records with Wisconsin. Um, I think I saw a stat yesterday, the day before, that he actually broke AP's um, freshman rushing record. Um, but the big thing with him right now, and everyone's seeing it, is that he's got a serious fumble issue, and we have no idea if he can even remotely catch the ball. He had 42 receptions in, in 41 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's one a game. That's I mean, you know, he can catch the ball once or twice a game, but so can Derrick Henry. Exactly. So my thing with Jonathan Taylor, I agree with Tyler's points. And the other big thing is he was never really he never proved himself as a good pass blocker. So is he gonna be one of those guys who has to come off the field on third down? Even if he's not getting the ball, the opportunity still isn't there because now he has to be off the field for a different guy like Marlon Mack, Jordan Hines. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, it, name another one of the ship bum running backs they have over there in Indy. It's just, and he also fumbled the ball once every 50 carries. Yeah. Once every 50. That's pretty much once every other game. Yeah. That's Chris Carson numbers from last year. Yep, that's exactly what uh, it is. So, I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he's a monster you fumble till you don't, and look at AP in the beginning beginning of his career. He fumbled all the time, fumble, 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 and he's a Hall of Fame running back. So, you know, take that for what that is. I I'm not concerned about fumbling issues. Um, you know, I think he'll have a good running back room. He has Marlon Mack and everything, but he's walking into the number one offensive line in the league. He doesn't need to pass block. He's going to be out there. He's going to get. You know, if he takes over the starting role, if he gets twenty to twenty five carries a game, he's. He's going to be a monster. He, he's he's going to be like a third, fourth round pick in redraft, maybe fifth. And he could totally, he, he, he'll be a running back two or three. And that's perfect for, for like, for his upside. And um, I love that draft position for him. That, yeah. See, I would rather draft Jonathan Taylor in the fifth round or end of the fourth round than a guy like Carl, uh, the CEH uh, going at the back end of the first round right now. You know, he's, he's flying up draft boards right now. So, my thing with him is that I, I know everybody wants to automatically write him in as he's going to start and he's going to be great, but I think he's going to be somebody that you're going to end up having to stash for a while. I don't think Mac's just going to disappear right off the back. It's not like Mac had a horrible season. He had a thousand yards and he missed games. To me, they're the exact same player. They both don't catch the ball. They both just pound the ball. And I, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to take a little while for him to beat out Mac. I don't think you're going to see real production on him till at least the second half of the season. He's he's way better than Mac. Like he's so much faster. He's so much more explosive. I, like Mac's a good football player and he'll have value, but they've already came out and said that they're going to basically be splitting the carries 50-50. And as soon as they see Jonathan Taylor bust an 80-yard touchdown run, like basically watching Saquon Parkley or AP, they're going to tell Mac to hit the bench. Like I. I don't know. Like, if he does fumble, that's, you know, that's where Mac might have his, you know, Mac might come in and be sneaky week to week. But I don't know, man. Jonathan Taylor's a different monster. So curious. How do you feel about this comparison for Jonathan Taylor? DeMarco Murray. Yeah. Roughly the same size. He's a little bit heavier. But the same running style, the same speed and, and, and... He's one of those one cut backs where he's gonna read the hole and he's gonna he's gonna finish through the hole at the same time. 
You know, DeMarco Murray in those Dallas years, very good. Yeah, that's a good comparison, especially when you talk about the line um, and the style of back they are. I think that's probably... He's the same speed as Murray. Yeah, uh, I'll double check DeMarco Murray's. Yeah, I feel like Murray played kind of slower than that. Um, I didn't realize how fast DeMarco Murray was then. It's also been years since we brought up his name. Um, he ran a four yeah. three seven, and Jonathan wow. Taylor was actually four three nine. Yeah, I didn't. That's crazy. That's like fun fact of the day stuff. Yeah, I didn't realize that, that one either. But that's an interesting, to, interesting little stat there. The Snapple fact. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> I think he's. You know. Yeah, I actually like that comparison. I was going to say Adrian Peterson, but I'm afraid I'm going to get bashed into. Yeah, that's 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 hefty. You're it bringing is, up a. I, a a Hall of Fame running back. <laughs> I am, and I think he's that good, man. I really do, and I don't like I, it. He is super talented, but when you're running behind the number one line in the league, like we took, you know, everybody was taking Zeke his rookie year because Dallas's offensive line was so great, and like it's the same situation. I don't know, man. I'm I'm all in on Jonathan Taylor though. I think whether he's better than Demarco Murray or just as good or whatever, I think he's going to have so much success, first, especially in his first two or three years. Like you said, though, 926 rush attempts is a ton. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And, yeah. that's, and it's something to keep in mind with a dynasty perspective. He may not be as durable long-term because of how many miles. It's like a car. You, how many miles are on the car when you get to 100,000 miles? When you get to 1,500 career carries, you, you tend to slow down. Not everybody's Frank Gore and going to... Frank Gore is the Frank Gore is father time. He's the, <laughs> he's the Volvo of cars. Yeah, he's nothing special, but he's just going to keep running until he can't no more. Get three, fall down. Get three, fall down. Yeah, he had like twenty three carries per game, which is so much in college. Yeah, <laughs> well, he was that entire offense. Yeah, that's the real. But problem. for I think for the immediate future, he's you know. He's safe. I don't think anybody needs to worry about injuries with Taylor. I mean, look at him. He looks pretty invincible to me. Oh, he looks like a Mack truck. (laughs) Oh, Mack truck. I see what you did there. (laughs) That wasn't even intentional. You're not. No, we're going to call them Mack and the truck. Oh. Marlon Mack and the truck. Mack truck. I like it. That's going to be somebody's fantasy name. You know it. No, I'm going to. I'm I'm already claiming. I'm going to tweet it out in like two minutes. Trademark <laughs> down though. Make sure you add like a little TM. Yeah. So uh, the <sighs> other guy I compared him to really quickly, just because I wrote it down, was Cedric Benson in his Cincy years. I thought it was an interesting little one because he was same same size, speed, and running style. And again, he was very explosive in college and didn't exactly play deep into his years like you know some of these other guys did. But that's all I had on Taylor. Yeah, right. I think those are good comps. All right. So uh, that jumps us into Swift, right? Yeah. All right. So with Swift, I- I'm a little skeptical on him, too. Um, for me, he- he's another one that's exactly what they had there already. He's a better athlete than Carry On. There's no doubt about that. He's ridiculously elusive, but he's already got a bunch of injury concerns. Um, it- we're not totally sure how well he catches the ball. He hasn't had a ton of catches. Um, he, he's just not great. And, and, and I mean, he, and he's another guy that lived off the 
I think what was it? You're probably a better person to ask about this, Alex, but I believe he had the second best offensive line in the, in the country last year. And he's going to Detroit with nothing. So I just think he's just in a bad situation all around. Uh, I have his offensive line pretty low. I think at 97. 97. Hmm. Yeah, for Swift. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, George is known for having good offensive linemen, but according to the rankings, they didn't do too great last year. Yeah, they were, they were pretty low. Um, I actually like him as a pass catcher. Um, it sucks that he landed with Detroit because I love Carrion Johnson. Mm. It's like second coming running back. Um, love Carrion. I think he's great. Um, but I actually do like him as a pass catcher there too. I mean, out of the backs, like the main backs that were drafted, he had the most receptions, 73. Um, so I think he can definitely get it done through the air. My, the, the question with that and, and him is going to be the offense. Matt Stafford pushed the ball downfield more than any other quarterback when he was in. James, other than Jameis Winston, who we know he just launches the ball. But, you know, even if we look at 2017 Amir Abdullah, he had 35 targets. Like, that's not, you know, he had that 35 in 11 games. But, like, you know, you kind of want more out of your pass catching back. And that's kind of what I wouldn't say Swift was brought in to be a pass catcher. He's going to eventually take over the role. But I think a lot of his value comes from pass catching. I don't know if the targets are going to be there. Yeah. So for me with Swift, uh, he wasn't as ex- he didn't have a very fast forty time either a four four eight. Um, How crazy is that to say? We're feeling a four four eight isn't that fast. Tyler, well, what are you comparing wrong? to some of the athletes that are out there now? He's going to be slower than some DN. It's it's just mind boggling to say though. It's just wait. What do you guys run forty times? Oh Jesus! I did a combine about. Seven months ago, when I ran a five-one-two, that's pretty quick. Yeah, Tyler. I the last time I ran my forty was in college, my freshman year. And I'll allow I, it. Go ahead. That it's been a long I'll definitely time. Definitely not allow it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time and a whole new body shape at this point. Um, yeah, but I was at a four-six or a four-seven, I think. Oh, you're slower than the average NFL running back, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Feels bad. Well, I mean, if you ran a four six, you're just as fast as Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh no. <laughs> Sign me here up. first. Tyler could And you're Tyler, five eight. Could... I mean you're five eight around what? hundred and eighty five pounds right now? I'm Darren Sproles right now. I you mean... probably could catch passes from Pat Mahomes too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I think anybody could. Yeah. It's, yeah, pretty much. So good. But so the thing, let's drop back into Swift. Um, my comparison for him, I thought would be interesting, was No. Sean Marino. He's better than No. Sean, I think. Yeah. No. Sean came in as a high value guy out of the draft. He went in the first round. Had a lot of. He just had some injury concerns. I mean, he had, you know, two one thousand yard years. He also played on a terrible Denver team. Um. He had a couple 40, 60 catch years as a running back. So, I mean, the production was there. He had a, a 13 touchdown season in 2013. Yeah, I, I think Swift's a lot better pass catcher than, than we're probably giving him credit for. But he's honestly. in Detroit, and you can't, you can't <clears throat> equivalent talent in Detroit because that's true, too. You know, with, with a terrible offensive line and an uncertain future with Matt Stafford, you have to kind of temper expectations. 
Whoa, whoa, what's uncertain about Matt Stafford? He's great. I love Stafford. No, I love Stafford, but how much longer is he going to one? He's only 32. Yeah, but I mean, every other year he's going to have a serious injury at this point. Because he's been getting his shit kicked in for the last five years. Yeah, I don't know. I've got Stafford like top eight. Oh, I do too. I love Stafford. He's a QB one for me, no problem. And I'll argue on a pedestal with you all day to back you up on that. No, but. it's a good point. Detroit also hasn't had like a good rusher in so long. When was the last time they had a running back over a thousand? Like Barry Sanders? Pretty much, I think so. Like, I don't know. I, I do. I do see some passing work stuff for Vaughn, though. Uh, not Vaughn. Sorry, uh, Swift. Swift. To, to yeah. me, to be honest, that's the only way I see him being productive if he can get really into the passing game because I just don't think he's that great of a runner. What if carry on's out? Where would you put? How how far up would you move Swift? I, I think like what Swift, if? Carry-on to be honest, I think they, I think they're gonna. I'm more. I'm higher on Swift being more viable this year than I am um, Taylor. How's that? I I have no wow. faith in Johnson at this point. I think Johnson's gonna just kind of fall to the whim. Maybe the first two games he'll lead, and then I think Swift takes over. And and I don't think Swift is a good option either. I, I'm not sold on him. I I. I would sell him on everything I have because, uh, I mean, there was a stat I saw the other day that he was 56th in the country with missed tackles, and he was horrible after contact. So it, I just don't see where he's going to excel. For those listening to the podcast, uh, if you go back to the last episode, I just need somebody to name me one running one rookie that Tyler is high on. <laughs> Not Joe Burrow. Not high on Edwards Hilaire. He's not high on Burrow. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't. He's not high, high on, on Jonathan Taylor. He's not high on DeAndre Swift. Jeez. Yeah, you're yeah, going to be like Joe Belichick. Huh? There's going to be some undrafted rookie that you're going to be like, I'm high on him. <laughs> yeah, whoever Tyler likes for rookies in the future, that's who I'm drafting. You know he's going to be good. Oh, yeah, because that means there's no doubt in anybody else's mind. But just really quick, Reggie Bush had the last 1,000-yard year in 2013. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time ago. But I will say, if Swift handed, if Swift has handed the keys, like he's, he, I think he'll he'll be really good for that offense. He can work in open space. He can catch the ball. You know, he had a what did he have six point six yards per carry like in college? That's really good. So I don't know. I, I like Swift as a talent. I think he's great. Um, as far as talent, I might actually put him second in the running back class behind Jonathan Taylor. Just his situation kind of sucks. That's all. Just his landing spot wasn't as good as Hilaire's. His situation blows. Everybody that goes to Detroit, Detroit, the situation sucks. Yeah, I'm. Ne- I, I don't think other than Marvin Jones, I haven't owned a Detroit Lion player other than Matt Stafford and Marvin Jones for one year since probably what Eric Ebron for like a year. It's just like I I've never trusted a Detroit Lion guy, and it usually helps me out quite a bit. You got Patricia though. Don't you guys love Patricia? No. no? Isn't that the thing? I no. didn't even know who he was when he was here. Oh. He's the guy with the pencil in his ear. Yeah, he did look like he jumped out of the stands, didn't he? Like the, they're yeah, like, "Hey, well, you want to coach a defense?" Yeah. Until he, <laughs> until Barstool made the uh, the clown nose shirts, he was nobody. Yeah, we didn't even know who he was until he wore it on the sidelines. Loyal yeah. New England Patriots fans don't even know the defensive coordinators. Well, I mean, when you have a head coach like Bill, no, we're not going to bother. Oh, we're not Jesus! Too much more. <laughs> You almost so, took the bait. <laughs> so let's hop into J.K. Dobbins. Alex, you want to lead us on that one? Yeah. Um, he lands in, like, the perfect situation with Baltimore, right? Like, they run the ball more than anybody else, and usually running quarterbacks 
their running backs find a lot of space, a lot of success. We saw that with Ingram last year. And um, Gus Edwards. And Gus Edwards, right. He <laughs> came on late last year. Um, I'm really sad about Justice Hill. I really liked him, but I don't think he's going to be much of a factor moving forward. No. Um, for redraft, I think, you know, I think Dobbins is going to be, he's going to see a lesser workload than Jonathan Taylor. He's not going to be a true 50-50 split the carry kind of back with Ingram. Um, but the thing with Ingram is he's 31 years old. So, you know, he's had a lot of, had a lot of mileage and at any point, JK Dobbins could come in and be the lead back if something were to happen to Ingram. And that's when JK Dobbins would, you know, if he's on a waiver wire, would, would be scooped up for every penny of fab. Um, Talent-wise, J.K. Dobbins probably third on my list behind Swift and Taylor. He's he's really good. He he you know he's explosive. I don't have like his combine stats. I think Tim might be able to talk to that more. But um, he showed a lot in college. Um, I, I love the fit if he does get the opportunity. You don't have combine stats because he didn't run at the combine. No, that's probably why. No, he ran at his pro day and ran a four four five forty. He had an ankle injury at the end of the year mm-hmm. and he missed the combine. He didn't run because he didn't want to have 90% stats, which is fair. I mean, you don't yeah. want people to see you run a 4 7 40 because you're limping down, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, so, Tim, you ready for this? Sure. <laughs> Dobbins is one that I do like. How's that? Oh. Whoa. We have a winner. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys need to kind of soundboard with an alarm. <laughs> I just did it. I love it. Oh, that's so bad. We're going to have to edit that. Nope. Leave it. <laughs> leave this, too. Yeah, we're going to leave all of it. I love it. My only thing all natural. Is, my only thing with him is I kind of agree with Alex. I don't think he's going to be the lead guy this year. I think he's going to end up in a 60-40 role, um, obviously with Ingram leading. Um, I think he's going to eat up all of Gus Edwards, but the thing is with them is, and we've had this conversation about it on every episode that Baltimore comes up, they run the ball a ton. So I think there's going to be plenty of carries for him where he probably could end up being a flex play or an RB3 for some people. Um, he's big. He's bulky. He wants to pound the ball. Um, he's another one that we don't really know if he can really catch the ball well. Um, a, lot of his, a lot of his draft grades are saying that he doesn't he doesn't um, pass protect well, so that's be something to pay pay attention to. Um, but he, he's going super late in drafts, and he could be somebody like you're saying that if Ingram gets hurt, he could definitely win you your league. And if not, I think he's a solid RB three flex play. So the thing with Dobbins for me is he's going to be definitely in the. He's going to have a mix. He's going to get the ball plenty um, enough to be somewhat relevant as like a running back three flex play here and there. Um, Gus Edwards is not going to disappear. He was fantastic at the end of last year, especially when Ingram breaks down a defense and they're exhausted. They just got, they've been on the field for six, seven plays trying to tackle him. And next thing you know, Gus Edwards comes in and is bigger than Ingram and just runs through the hole untouched because they're just so broken down. I mean, Baltimore ran the ball, 589 times last year. Um, so even if he gets 100 carries, 150 carries, he's still, he, he, I, there could be a situation where Ingram gets seven, 800 yards. Um, Dobbins gets 500 yards and Edwards gets 350, 400. And there's still some room for, you know, 
name another running back on that roster. You know, there's Justice Hill. There's, there's, they're going to rotate in because they're not going to want to play with Ingram's health, especially towards the end of the year, giving them the ball 20, 30 times a game. Yeah, I yeah. disagree with you there. I, I think that that's exactly why they're going to start feeding Dobbins in is that they're going to start prepping him to, so if Ingram does fall apart. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is Ingram is still going to be there. Gus Edwards is still going to be there. It's going to be a, a more of a committee than people think. If if I said if I said he gets 25% of carries, would you say that's that's not a far off number? Maybe even maybe even the floor of what Dobbins would but get. Twenty five percent of the carries is one hundred and fifty carries. That's a lot. Like <laughs> that's a lot of carries for a running back two that can catch the ball. Like on a team. Like you know what I mean. Like he's their running back two that can that can go out and catch the ball from Lamar Jackson. So I don't know, man. There's going to be a lot of space to work with. 150 carries behind Lamar in that offensive line. And, and gonna be I wouldn't be surprised. Start him. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Dobbins and Ingram on the field at the same time. That would be fun to watch. Yeah, he's just going to replace Hayden Hurst. Huh. Maybe, but you still have Patrick uh, uh, Ricard. You have Andrews. So there's the Nick Boyle. So they still they they still have the blockers in front too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I think he's going to be fine at about 500 yards this year. I just don't know his PPR value. I don't know enough of his pass catching ability. Um, but, uh, my comparison for him was the Angelo Cadillac Williams. I like that a lot. That's what I, kind yeah, of that's a him too. Wait, Cadillac Williams or D'Angelo Williams? I like my D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo yeah. Williams, yeah, D'Angelo, the one that played for uh, the the Panthers. And okay, because there was the Steelers. Tampa Bay one too, right? Yeah, but his nickname was Cadillac for a while there too. Oh, okay, I think I have it confused. Um, yeah, I like I like that handcuff. Who would you rather have, Tony Pollard or J.K. Dobbins? J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, but I'm drafting both. Zeke's not going anywhere. How about how about Boston Scott or J.K. Dobbins? J.K. Dobbins. So yeah, that's not even close. So would you say would you say he's probably your top handcuff then? Yes. I like that. He's more yeah. of a handcuff to me than the only other, than a The only me. other person that I would consider as a higher handcuff is Latavius Murray. Oh, you're so boring. I don't want Latavius Murray on my team. Does anyone yeah. like have you ever walked out of a draft going, Yes, I got Latavius Murray? You say that, but he was productive last year. He was, but he's boring. I mean, wins championships, my friend. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Yeah, no, I'll take the I'll take the upside of J.K. Dobbins. And feel great about it when I'm when I'm rolling people when he gets 200 yards in a game and three touchdowns over Latavius Whoa. Murray. I don't know, but <laughs> we're getting bold now. Guys. I can't. I can't watch Latavius Murray run for 60 and catch for 20 and maybe score a touchdown. It's just so boring. Yeah, but you're gonna get that every week. Yeah. Damn you and your consistency. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I so win championships, hop- guys. So let's hop into Cam Akers. Um, all, uh, my nickname for him is Alfred Morris. Everybody's That's Alfred it. Morris to you. I think I've used that before. No, I haven't used that. Use it on somebody. No, well, I think he's Alfred Morris. You know, 5'10", 217, a 44740. He caught the ball... I'm going to let Alex take the lead on this because I know he has some interesting stats. I think he's just going to be a fall forward back. He's nothing. He's not going to be too special. Uh, they're really scaring me with the running back by committee talk, and that's all I really have on him. 
Packers. Yeah, running back by committee was kind of the recent news. I think a lot of people, if there was a preseason and if there was a regular training camp, Cam Akers would be the workhorse for LA, which would be great. Um, the exciting thing about Akers is he was really, really, you know, he hit the hole and he was gone. Like, if you watch his film, he had no room to work with. When I say hole, I mean, like, he had to crawl through a hole just to get, get by because the offensive line was so putrid. And then he would just be gone. He, he'd be the fastest player on the field pretty much at all times. And I don't, maybe his 40 times doesn't say that, but he, he plays like it for sure. Um, there's 130. PFF ranks 130 offensive lines in college football. Cam Makers played on the 129th behind the 129th offensive line, which is really terrible. And he still ran for, you know, five plus yards per carry and, you know, five point, five or six touches uh, yard per touch. So he, he did everything he possibly could behind an, behind a team that was just really bad. So I like acres a lot, as long as Henderson isn't involved. Henderson, if you remember last year, was like everybody's like, oh, I love Henderson behind Gurley if Gurley gets hurt. So then he never played. Right. So, you also yeah. have Malcolm Brown, too. Oh, yeah, but he was nothing boring. special either. Neither was, De- ne- neither was Henderson. Uh, that's why I'm with Alex, and I love Akers. There's number yeah, two I think, for you. Oh, oh, that's two players he loves. Hen- uh, he loves I, the boring ones. The boring ones win championship. But it, there's a little bit behind that. I agree with that. I'm all on Acres. I, I, I like Acres a lot, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some hot stats around for Keyshawn Vaughn in a little bit. But I like Acres more than Vaughn, and probably third or fourth in the running back class in general. Yeah. So for me, Acres is my favorite one out of this whole draft class. I think he's going to be the most productive this year. Um, there you go. If you want a bold take, um, the only thing with him is, and this may be a testament to what Alex was saying, is that their line is so bad. That he didn't have a ton of big plays. He didn't really have many runs over 20 yards. Um, and he, he did have a little bit of a fumble issue also. Um, but if you look at the stats, he was 12th in the in blah, he was 12th in the league last year after the contact, and he ranked eighth for missed tackles in, in all um, college football last year. He gets a little bit of space with those stats. I think he could blow up. He's got the speed. Um, He's he's a good pass blocker, so he'll be on the if he gets the opportunity, he should be on the field all three downs. I, I think it's just set up perfectly for him to start take over and just run with it. And I think he's going to be the most productive out of all the rookies this year for running backs. More than Clyde Edwards, um, it'll be a toss up, I think, between the two of them. Yeah, and I'm going to ask one more thing about Cam Akers. What's that? He threw the ball. Nine times in college for over a hundred yards. So he's better than Jared Goff. So he may be their backup quarterback as well. You may see some. He threw the ball six times last year. So there may be instances where they run some wildcat with him. That'd be fun. So he's Ronnie Brown. Is that your comparison? Oh my god! Let's do that. I might like that better than I like Alfred Morris. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, One quick thing about Acres. Anybody who, like, his stats kind of are what they are. I would highly encourage, if you haven't had a chance to check out Cam Akers on a YouTube highlight reel, do it. Like, he's so impressive to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, like, I, I, I sat there for a few minutes, and it was like, you know, I try to do it for all the rookies just so I can get a feel. 
And Cam Akers really stood out to me, especially mm-hmm. behind that line. He does a ton with a little. Yep. So, do you want to jump into Kelly next, or do you? Yeah, want go to... ahead. All right, we'll do Kelly then. So Kelly, I know you love Josh Kelly too. I, so this is going to spark a whole conversation, and I hope you're prepared for it. So this no, is. I don't no, think no, I am. No, no, let's not do that. <laughs> oh, it's going to. We have to. It's the only way to make a point. Um, for me, uh, I'm kind of high on Kelly. I'm not super high on him. I I like him. I like his fit more than anything. Um, for me, he's five eleven, two twelve. Go through all that. Um. He wasn't anything spectacular in college. Um, he had his one year, thousand yard, thousand yard rushing. He doesn't catch the ball at all. Um, but I think he's another one that kind of fell behind a battle line. Um, but to me, he just does exactly everything that Eckler doesn't do, and I think that's kind of why where he's going to fall into that team, where Eckler just doesn't want to run in between the tackles. They don't have that guy that's going to run in between the tackles. So I think he's going to be that first and second down guy for a lot of the a lot of the time, and I think Eckler becomes more of like a James White type of player and mixes in on the first and second downs more than anything. And I think that's where Kelly's role is going to fall into. So that's interesting. Um, to counter your point, he did catch the ball thirty times last uh, two years ago. Last year he only caught the ball eleven times. eleven times. But even but with those 30 touches, he, he really didn't do much with them. No, nah, it was about 200 yards. It wasn't anything special. Right. But the thing with him is, I agree he is going to have a, a solid role next year, especially because that offense isn't going to be the same without Phillip Rivers there. Nope. It's not going to be the same at all because last year it was they were in the shotgun when they didn't have Melvin Gordon. And if they ran the ball, it was, it was an inside zone from shotgun. Right. They couldn't, they, they never, how, how often was there a fullback in front of Eckler? Never. You know what I mean? Yes. How often were they under center, giving them the ball in single back? Very rare. So, and if it was, it was a zone to the outside. After a while, that started, that starts to get a little bit more expected. Um, but I, I, I do like Kelly. I do like him as a, as a role guy. He's never going to be. A pro bowl, he's never going to be a thousand yard rusher in the league, in my opinion. No, absolutely but not. He could easily carve out a role for a couple of years, maybe have one good year. Um, to me, he's more of like an Isaiah Crowell or a Joyke Bell. Yep, that's exactly how I see him. He's going to rush. I really like in that Joyke. six to seven hundred yard range, be a flex yeah. play. And he's yeah, gonna Isaiah Crowell would be perfect. Yep, and then Joyke Bell when he was in Detroit was an interesting one too because there was a year where he had like I think it was eight hundred and seventy yards in a year. He only played like thirteen games, so he produced, but it was it was nothing special. It was you know, the the guys we all mentioned before him have a lot more upside. Oh, absolutely! But he's the guy that you can grab pretty much in the last round of your draft if you really wanted to, and win you a couple weeks. Something I wanted to add about um, Eckler and the Chargers offense, um, like Tim said, they're they're going to be bad, so they need to score when they can. From inside the five last year, I'm going to give you two players. One of these players from inside the five had seven rushing attempts and three touchdowns. The other player had seven rushing attempts and two touchdowns. And again, these are from inside the five. Which one of them is Kalen Balazs and which one of them is Austin Eckler? First one's Balazs. 
Kalen Balaj, he had seven attempts, three touchdowns. Austin Eckler had seven attempts, two touchdowns inside the five. Even inside the 20, both backs had 16 attempts and three touchdowns. Like, they both were super inefficient in the red zone. And that's Kalen Balaj. He's awful. Um, he broke one tackle last year? He broke <laughs> one tackle last year and, like, 74 rushing attempts. Um, he's terrible. So when, when the Chargers, yeah, when the Chargers do get in the red zone, they need to score the ball. Their team's terrible. They're going to rely on somebody other than Eckler. Um, and another note about Eckler, he broke the record for running back receiving touchdowns. Not going to happen again. So I, I don't, I, I, I like, I, I like what Tyler said, where, where Kelly's going to fill in the gaps for Eckler. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And if we're just going to keep shitting on Eckler, if you look at his numbers, <laughs> Throughout the year, he had 132 rushing attempts and 92 receiving um, receptions. That number, I think, is going to come back down, too. So, uh, moral of the story is sell Eckler. <laughs> and Tim, the resident Eckler lover. I'm not. So, the thing with me is he's either going to be an absolute goldmine again because Herbert or Tyrod are going to have to check the ball down so much. Or he's going to be absolutely atrocious and let everybody down. There's no in between for me. I think the lesser is more likely. The, the later is more likely. Because he's going at like ADP like 15. Yeah. And it's a lot for a guy where you're not even sure if he's going to have the first and second down role handing the ball off as a running back. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, and I think that's where Tyler comes into play there. Like his point of yeah, you no, get Kelly for nothing and you could get you get touchdowns. You could get a lot of carries. So I, I like it, especially a late round dart throw. Yep. Perfect fit for me. So do we want to go Dylan or do you want to go Vaughn here? Let Alex lead the way on Vaughn. All right. Yeah, let's, let's go it. Vaughn. So Vaughn's my favorite rookie running back. He's not the best. Um, he, he, he played. He's, I think he's the oldest running back coming out or one of the oldest running backs coming out. Um, I just like him, man. He. Similar to Akers, did nothing. I mean, did a lot with nothing in front of him. Again, uh, PFF ranks 130 offensive lines, and Keyshawn Vaughn's offensive line at FSU is 128 out of 130. Terrible. Like, running behind nothing. Um, and he actually had a better yards per carry than, than Cam Akers did um, in his senior year at Vanderbilt. He, Vaughn had 5.2, and Akers had 5. That just kind of shows you how much Vaughn did behind again nothing. Um, a, the worst scenario happened where Tampa Bay signed LaShawn McCoy, so now they have a three-headed monster. Um, I really wish they didn't because I would have Vaughn really. I, I would probably take uh, Keyshawn Vaughn everywhere. Um, you know, now you have Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy and, and Vaughn, but for Dynasty, I'm scooping up Vaughn where I can. I'm trading for the you know I'm trading for Vaughn where I can, where people are afraid of LaShawn McCoy. I'm drafting him where I can second round he's a great i think he's probably the best value running back in terms of fantasy in this draft hmm. so I, I i do like vaughn and dynasty i think he's going to be good long term um but i i don't think he's really going to have a role this year um I, I think it's pretty public knowledge that aaron doesn't like rookies um and I think Rojo really started to come on last year where I think they're going to give him the opportunity to take the lead and run with it. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of stuff with Shady as the pass catching back. And I think that's where he's going to fill in is that third down kind of role. And I just don't see where Vaughn fills in right now. 
Yeah. There's also another player who hates rookies quarterbacking that team. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so if Keyshawn Vaughn can't. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. No. So my thing with Keyshawn Vaughn is he everybody slated him when they drafted him as the next James White Shane Vereen because he was that third, fourth round guy that and he was gonna be like the pass catcher behind Rojo because Rojo doesn't if anybody has seen his highlight tapes that he's putting out catching the ball with his belly um i mean one rojo is never gonna catch a pass again in the nfl if he keeps that up yeah two um i mean he's gonna be more of a change of pace guy and i think i don't think shady's gonna have the role next year that people think he's gonna where he's gonna be really taking much away i think he's more of a depth piece for them than anything and I think he's also just kind of trying to chase rings. Now he's just going to be like the third back on every team that has the best chance to win. <laughs> That's very but, possible. Seems like I a mean, solid plan to me. But why take him so high? Because, because I don't... The, he's, he's also reassurance that Rojo, if Rojo goes down, he's going to be the number one back there. And he's going to be able to carry the load and be able to be that guy because he still does have the size. He's... 510 205. I mean, he ran a 4 5 He's not slow. I compare him a lot to a guy like Lamar Miller yep. and Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah. I think those two are very good roles for him. Ahmad might be a little bit of a stretch with his pass catching ability because remember, he was very dynamic out of the backfield. I think Lamar Miller is kind of his ceiling. Yeah, I like the Miller comparison. I um, do too. I, I think that. You're right. That is probably his ceiling. And even then, I think Miller still catches the ball fairly well compared to this. I, I don't I, I just don't have faith in his catching pass catching ability at this point. Um, but long term, I, I just don't know if Rojo's really the answer, but I think he's going to get the shot at it this year to, where where Vaughn won't really get the opportunity. Everything yeah. I'm seeing coming out of Tampa Bay is Rojo looks as built as Saquon Barkley does. Yeah, like, you said you saw his belly when he was catching passes. You tell no, he's, so. no, he's, he's catching just, balls he with his belly. He catches it with his oh, belly. Like, I thought you were looking he, at They his throw belly. it to him and he catches it with his chest, like a, like a high school like lineman. He, he, he's not he's not catching the ball with his hands, which drives me nuts. But I mean, he he's in great shape. I think he's going to be a, a good first second down guy, and it's going to kind of open up some ability for. Shady to catch the ball in the backfield a little bit more, and then Vaughn to break off some bigger runs because Rojo's going to break them down. Yeah, and I might be the resident Vaughn truther, but I got to say, I like Rojo a lot. Um, I remember last year, the reports were Rojo couldn't pick up the playbook and he was having trouble with it. But he, you know, I think he went into the offseason and grinded and grinded and grinded. And I, because they brought in McCoy and because they drafted Vaughn, I actually really like Rojo's draft value right now. You could be getting the lead back in a Tom Brady-led offense, like in the seventh or eighth round. It's not this later. Isn't the two thousand. This isn't the two thousand seven Tom Brady. Yeah. So they're gonna be run. They they're gonna want to focus on the run and let Brady beat them other ways. You know, you're gonna have to bring in the heavier packages, and then you have three capable tight ends and two wideouts. You know, you, you you'll see, you'll see a lot of drives where it's you know. Gronk, Howard, um, Evans, Godwin, and Rojo, 
and you don't know if you should be stopping the pass or the run right now. Right. Like, Rojo is not going to beat you out of the backfield, but you still have to respect Gronk's blocking ability and Rojo's power where you can't bring in a nickel defense to stop those yeah. guys, but then they could spread them out wide and have all four standing up in a, in a spread package and just put Rojo. You could run a little curl and get out of the way, or you can try Hopefully he can pick up some blocks out of the backfield. Yeah. I like Rojo. And again, I love Vaughn, but I'm kind of with you on the Rojo take. Um, I would draft Rojo very late. as my running back four and have running back two upside. I love that. Without a doubt. Yeah. So I think that leads us last but not least, most controversial guy I think on this list, AJ Dillon. Is he really controversial? I think so. <laughs> Is he controversial for Aaron Rodgers or fantasy people? I think he's controversial for Aaron Jones. I don't think so. I don't I think maybe next year, but not this year. I think it's gonna be Aaron Jones' backfield. Well, there is no next year for Aaron Jones in Green Bay. They're not resigning. That's exactly him. what I'm saying. Right. It's going to he's going to be the reason why he leaves and it's going to be Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon next year with another veteran running back. That's very possible. But that boy is a beast. He's scary. Have have you watched any of his highlights? Yes. He's so scary. He he is a Mack truck. That's really who we should be saying that about. That boy is 6 feet 247. <laughs> he's built like Derrick Henry. He's just a little shorter. Yeah, Henry's a whole different animal. I don't but think yeah, so. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's... No, what I'm saying is Derrick Henry's the size of the defensive lineman on the other side of the ball is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Was was Dylan just bigger than everybody around him, though, at Boston College? You know what I mean? Like, you brought up last time we talked about Ricky Rogers. Yeah, but they you play Florida up. State. They play a lot of... They, yeah, that's they, true. They do, have, they do play good competition, or good enough, at least. Um. They're in the ACC, so I mean, yeah, oh, I'm wrong on that, aren't I? No, they're in the ACC. Yes, they're in the ACC, so they're still playing Clemson, Louisville, yeah, Wake Forest, that's true. Florida that State. Bad. That was a bad question know. on my part. I forgot where they played. Yeah. Um, the only thing with him is he's not super fast. He ran the uh, a four five, um, and he doesn't catch which the is ball. just as fast as all these other guys, though. Remember yeah. that. He ran a four five. So did Keyshawn Vaughn. So did Josh Kelly. Cam Rakers ran a four four seven. You know he he ran a faster forty time than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Fair enough. Yeah. And if you remember Le'Veon Bell, I mean he ran a four six. He was one of the best running backs in the football. So fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that stuff just like you can kind of cat toss it to the side. Yep. Um, the thing you can't toss to the side though is he does not catch the ball at all. Not even a little bit. And it's never going to be his role. He's 247 pounds. Nope. Do you think Aaron Rodgers will just hate him because he's not a receiver? No. I think Aaron Rodgers hates everybody. <laughs> that's true, too. He's an asshole. Yeah, that's Nobody true. likes him. No, not nobody. His home family doesn't even like him. What are they going to do with it? Like, where does he fit into the office? I don't, like, Did you I don't hear see any comments? value. I don't... Did you see Aaron Rodgers say the other day, uh, I had hoped. He was all, he was talking like past tense about finishing his career in Green Bay, almost like leave like saying like I know this is my last two years here kind of thing. Well, no yeah. shit, they just drafted a first round quarterback. They don't do that if they think they're going to keep Rodgers for another five years. The Patriots drafted Garoppolo and then traded Garoppolo. Yeah, but nobody likes Rodgers, and Rodgers sure. isn't winning. 
Everyone hates Rob. What? They went 13 and 3 last year. And he should be winning Super Bowls and he's not. To talk with, yeah, he was the best quarterback in the league, in the world. Look, 13 and 3 when you're missing Devontae Adams for a good portion of the season is pretty good. They want championships and he's not giving it to them. They should give him a receiver. And every single team has injuries. You know, Minnesota didn't have Diggs and Thielen for half the year. You can you can name every other team that had an injury. You know what I mean? Sure, but thirteen and three with Lazard and whoever receiver is really good. No, absolutely. But they want championships. You got a first round quarterback. That's not your plan. I'm sorry, you just don't. But for for redraft purposes with Dylan, like where, how do you see him fitting with Jones and Williams? I don't. I don't see it. He doesn't. I think he, he. he eats up most of Williams' hundred carries. I think Williams takes a big backseat. No, career. see, but Williams, Williams is more of a change of pace, third down guy, and that's he's not. AJ Dillon's not. You know, they bring Williams in on third down to to pass block, catch a couple little dinks out of the backfield, and maybe a zone read when they when they're expecting pass. Let me finish here. I think that I think that Dillon is going to come in and eat up some of the first and second down carries, where where Jones starts to become more of a change of pace and eats into that third down back where to Williams doesn't have those touches anymore. Yes. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see that. happening. What if here's a scenario? What if they put Aaron Jones in the spot and put, and put Dylan at running back? Because then it's not a mismatch anymore. No, the, the thing, the mm, thing with a sure. lot of these running backs, anybody other than Tariq Cohen out of the backfield is a, a mismatch against a linebacker. If you put, Aaron Jones against a, a slot corner, it's not a mismatch anymore. He's That's not going to get open now. You yeah. know, he's going up against guys who are run stuffers. He's going up against guys who typically don't cover guys of his speed. So now, if you put him against guys who are typically covering Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, it's a whole. It's not a mismatch anymore. No, I tried to help you, but my, my th- Tim didn't let it happen. No, but my thing is, is that Green Bay obviously isn't worried about throwing the ball anymore. They want to run the ball. It, it's pretty obvious with um, with Aaron Jones's 16 touchdowns last last year, and I think this is where um, his recession is really going to happen. Is that I think Dylan's going to start eating into that kind of work, the, the short yardage work. He's going to get a lot of that stuff. Um, it would make it would be stupid for them not to give him that kind of work. Jones really isn't that big. He's 208 pounds. It's, it, it's almost given that Dylan's going to get that work. So I think. To say that he's not going to cut into Jones' workload more more than that, I think is is almost foolish not to say. I think yeah, if it was a year earlier, was... early, earlier, you'd make a lot of sense. But he's on a contract year. The Packers don't care about Jones. They're going to run him 236 times again and not care because they're not going to resign. Every single him. team, I, I completely agree with Alex. Every single team, the last year of running back's rookie deal, they run him into the ground, and then what happens? They're 26, 27 years old, and they, they're like, Devontae... Freeman right now not getting a contract or Carlos Hyde getting a one-year deal. You, you know, get what you can out of them and let's, let them be somebody else's problem next year. And even if even if A.J. Dillon took all of Jamal Williams' carries, he won't do. That's still only 107 carries. Like, do you really want somebody who's going to get per game, what would that be, like three to four carries a game on your roster? He just seems like a depth piece you don't really oh, want. I'm not saying that going to be oh, okay. fantasy relevant. Yep. I'm He'll have a couple big days. He might have a day where he has two touchdowns. Right, and that's the only thing that you're going to get. I don't think that he's going to have enough touches this okay, year. Okay, that, that makes sense. Even if Jones all. goes but down, 
I still prefer to have in a in a redraft situation. I still prefer to have Jamal Williams and start him than AJ Dillon right now. Me too. With no with yeah, no preseason and, and a limited offseason, it's gonna be if, if Aaron Jones goes down, it's gonna be Jamal Williams, and they're gonna use AJ Dillon as a change of pace early down guy. Like here's a first down carry. Now here mm-hmm. comes. Jamal Williams or, you know, Jamal gets first down, AJ comes in for second, and here comes Jamal back. You know, it's like, he's he's not, even if AJ, Aaron Jones goes down, I still don't like AJ Dillon this year as a fantasy option. No, I, I wouldn't touch him at all this year. Um, Dynasty-wise, you've got to take him. I think he's their future, but outside that, he, I think he's going to be useless this year outside of a handful of touchdowns. So, yeah, that's fair. I know I've given out my comparison on pretty much everybody so far. How do you guys feel about the comparison of Michael Turner? Yeah, he's kind of a bowling ball. Yeah, like I mean, that. that makes sense. I think he won't be as good as Michael Turner, but I, I see what you're saying. Like, same, but no, like Michael Turner in his charger days behind right. Danny Tomlinson. Ooh, I like that actually. Yeah. That's exactly the no, kind of role that he's going to end up in, too. <laughs> not as much. No, <laughs> no I can't. Look, I, I know I'm you like these you. weird rookie stuff, uh, but I can't give you that one. He's just trying to find a hot take that's going to click. Because one day yeah. he's going to send us a voice memo of a, of a hot take where it's like, I was right about him. Well, you were wrong about 400 others. That's what I did with Jalen Rager. It's going to show up to your doorstep. Yeah. I'm to you Tyler was right. 2019. It's it's 2020. It's just gonna be. A frickin', it's gonna have a voice recording on it on loop. The freaking uh, the, what was it? No, the three six. The ha 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 ha. I hope obnoxious. no one listens to that part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, can we cut that? Let's just cut that right out. I apologize to everybody that just had to listen to Tyler's midlife crisis. Yeah, he really likes AJ Dillon. He's going. Crazy. I don't care. Yeah. I'm getting petty with AJ him. Dillon, that's that's what put him over the edge. AJ Dillon's the reason why I have to check him <laughs> into a hospital. Yeah. I like your Kelly take though. I mean we can we can bash Austin Eckler for another hour if you guys want. See at least we, see, at least we can agree on something. Eventually you throw shit against the wall, some of it'll stick, right? <laughs> uh somebody's gotta do it. Well, all right, that's all I have. Um you guys have anything else on these rookie running backs? Zach Moss is pretty good, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a committee more than people think, and it's enough. I, I don't know. For another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For another day. Exactly. <laughs> but, all right, guys. 